Hi, Michael. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your your busy day to um, to talk with me about authenticity and um, and leadership. So I wonder before we start, can you just tell our listeners a little bit about yourself so we can get a sense of who you are and a bit of context? Yep, no problem. Hi, Amy. It's a real pleasure to be here. I'm I'm really pleased to to be having this conversation and looking forward to it. So I'm Michael Brady. I have a number of jobs. I'm the National Advisor for LGBT Health at NHS England and NHS Improvement. So that's kind of a national role supporting the system, if you like, the wider NHS to uh, be better at addressing LGBT plus health inequalities and be better at making the workplace more inclusive for LGBT plus staff. Um, I'm also a a clinician. I'm an HIV and sexual health consultant. I work in South London. uh, Mm -hmm. And so as part of that role, I'm the medical director of the Terence Higgins Trust, which is a large HIV and sexual health charity. Lots of hats. Fantastic. So um, you are absolutely uh, the perfect person for us to talk to today about authenticity. So the first question that's that's been on my mind is when asked, what was it about this project that piqued your interest? Why did you say yes to us? I think there's a number of reasons. I mean, obviously, it kind of fits in with my job description to to a certain degree. You know, I think um, supporting leaders in the system, particularly um, LGBT plus leaders, to feel comfortable or to create environments uh, where people can be their true selves at work, can be authentic, can be genuine and real, is is one of the components of of, of my work to improve uh, the experience for LGBT people. uh, staff, our workforce, and our and our and our colleagues. So it it felt like I ought to uh, because it fitted within my um, professional role. But I probably more than that, I just really wanted to um, because it it really struck me, and it didn't take much reflection that from a personal level, it was really important. I was reflecting when I was first asked, you know, how authentic I am. You know, what impact that has, you know, to what degree do I ensure I do that in terms of being a role model or setting a good example in my personal work? And I also, you know, on the personal reflection, made me think back to the much younger me when I was a medical student or a junior doctor, when I definitely struggled with being authentic. I definitely struggled with being out at work um, and felt, um, you know, and multiple times that, you know, I was uncomfortable or, or unconscious uh, about that. And and um, reflecting that, you know, working in an environment that didn't make you feel like that or that where there were role models who were authentic and genuine and real would have made that experience very different. So I was keen to do it from a, both a professional and a personal uh, way. And thanks for being really honest about about some of the your earlier experiences, because I think it's all very well um, saying being authentic is is really important, but it isn't easy always. And it does depend on where you are and what role you have. Um, but why do you think uh, it's important for leaders to be authentic? And I think I think you're right. And I think it, within this context, we do need to acknowledge that it isn't easy and it often isn't easy for leaders. You know, And I think sometimes we look at people who are in very senior positions who, for whatever reasons, personal or professional or the environment that they work in, 
still might think twice about being out uh, or being truly open and honest and real uh, about themselves. So I think we do need to acknowledge that it is really difficult. Um, it, I mean, personally, I found it easier as I've got older, as I've got more senior. I think I think some of that is 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 sort of fortuitous because of the kind of career that I have, you know, as a clinician working in HIV and sexual health, that is a very LGBT inclusive environment. You couldn't work in sexual health and HIV and have any glimmer of LGBT uh, phobia. So, so, you know, I think I was fortunate and that's really where, you know, as I moved through that career, I became more comfortable about being more authentic. So it, I think it is recognizing that it's difficult for everybody. Um, the, 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 the area or the environment or, or the organization that you work in makes a big difference, um, but it. But the reason that it's important, I think, is because I think it's one of those key components to ensuring that our workplace is really inclusive for all of our LGBT plus colleagues. Uh, you know, one of the key components of that is authentic, visible leadership, you know, and I think that's both for people who are from the LGBT plus community and and allies, people who are not from the LGBT plus mm -hmm. community. Mm -hmm. If we're thinking about, you know, workplaces, um, it's the people at the top who set the culture and it's um you know if you don't have that you're not going to have uh, you know that kind of trickle down if you like all the way uh, all the way uh, through the through an organization and i think um i was i was, I was reflecting also just before um, speaking to you today, I was just re remem remembering the times that I hadn't been very authentic. And I can really even picture, you know, when you can really vis visualize yourself in yeah. a situation, you know, where, you know, on a ward round or at a, at a, a team night out or a Christmas party and the conversation gets into personal life stuff and having that real conscious thing of like not wanting to use the gender of my partner, you know, so it didn't out me as a gay man. And, and, and that uh, uh, rising anxiety that, that, that you get about not wanting or not feeling comfortable to to act to out yourself so being very conscious about talking about they and them uh, or my partner rather than he him or my boyfriend and you know and I'm sure that's a really common experience that people have and so it's not the only answer but but visible authentic leaders that set the tone and the culture make that easier you know and I definitely remember when I moved into HIV and sexual health and I had a very inspirational clinically inspirational and personally inspirational consultant who was a, a confident out gay man and it just really made a massive difference to me you know you just really almost felt the weight lifting and feeling yeah I can be comfortable here I can say him or I can say my boyfriend and I uh, mm -hmm. and it, you know the, the environment really changed because of that authentic leadership. It's that role modeling as you describe isn't it and when you were talking that end bit, it, I suddenly had the phrase psychological safety in my mind, that suddenly it felt psychologically safe for you to talk really naturally about who you were without having to worry about any other connotations or any other impact. Um, right. and, and that's a really tricky thing, isn't it, between balancing the emotional intelligence of when to say what but also then to want to be authentic and to be out and to be yourself. And those things, I think, I think take a bit of navigating. And how else have you navigated through that, do you think, through your career? Well, I think, I mean, you're absolutely right about the safety thing, and that is how it feels, you know, that the the weight's lifted, you know, you, you feel safe, you don't have to kind of engage brain before mouth opens, you know, and actually thinking like you're walking on 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 thin ice and not to say that to the wrong thing. So safety absolutely is a, is a, is a really perfect way of, of explaining it. 
how have I navigated it? I mean, I think I've, I've, I've talked already about it. I mean, initially when I wasn't in that, that that safe place you know you you navigate it by avoiding it by 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 either avoiding the conversations or speaking in such a way that's really neutral uh, and doesn't doesn't out, out yourself i mean I, I think since then though have, i mean i do think that i mean i've been fortunate in the sense that after moving into sexual health and hiv and becoming more becoming older and more confident and more secure in myself um it didn't feel like it required much navigation after that. So, you know, because the environment kind of made it easier. But I suppose I have, I do think I've perhaps been more conscious, I don't know if this counts as navigating, but more conscious about being vocally, visibly out, you know, not in a... I mean, it's not my nature to be... Well, anyway, I was going to say not... Well, no, I was going to say then, but... um. I think what I mean by that was that, you know, not making sure that I don't avoid talking about my husband, making sure, you know, not I mean when it's appropriate, I don't bore everybody when we're supposed to be talking about something else about my marvellous husband. But, um, you know, but making sure that I don't do what I did when I was younger, which was avoid the conversation or use a neutral pronoun. But but actually to and, and actually, do you know, I think I think for me, that's that's partly making a conscious effort to be a an authentic leader but it's also you know relishing in the personal pleasure of being able to do it and feeling comfortable uh, to do it so I, I suppose I'm musing now whether I've actually proactively navigated I think I definitely do proactively make sure that I'm authentic and I talk about it and I don't miss any opportunity or avoid an opportunity to do it but I, I do kind of think also there's an element of the personal about that and not and not not just the the sense of professional responsibility, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I hear the real difference there between, again, that kind of emotional intelligence, knowing what your role is, that you're a senior leader, therefore you ought to be authentic, authentically uh, uh, kind of an out gay man as a role model. And that's that's something that you've navigated down to culture and and, and whatever else. But there's something else you touched on that, that I think is really fascinating, which is your own personal journey of almost growing up mm. and feeling more and more comfortable with speaking openly about who you are, not just because you ought to, but because you want to. And it isn't only because it's going to be received well, it's because it's an authentic truth for you. Yeah, no, I think I think that's right. That's that's really true, and a personal responsibility uh, to 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 do that, and I want to do that. And I, but and I think also the other thing I was just reflecting when you said that was um, I don't think we can also separate the environmental impact and the the context within which we work because that definitely changes things. And I mean not just the the organisational context, but the societal context. You know, so I think you know I've grown up in this time personally and. But but you know, and over that time, you know, gay marriage has become uh, become law. You know, so that made a massive difference. Being able to you know, to being able to talk about my husband, not my my boyfriend, and I think that also is something that we need to reflect on about the current situation as well. How society and the environment also impacts on people's ability to be authentic. I mean, I'd use the example of how the frequently the national discourse or sometimes uh, in certain areas of the media around trans and non-binary people is very negative, very toxic, very transphobic. And that is an environment that trans and non-binary people 
will carry with them and bring to that to their work so in the same way that those of us who grew up through clause 28 uh, and the homophobia in the media around that time which would definitely also have, have contributed to how authentic i felt i could or couldn't be at work our trans and non-binary colleagues are almost certainly going through similar things now you know so i think there is that there is that personal journey that's informed by lots of layers of external influences yeah uh, yeah, I think you said that really beautifully. And, and earlier you mentioned the word ally. And I think it's now incumbent upon um, on all of us to support and empower the non-binary and, and trans people that we work with and know in the same way as people have been allies to us. Yeah, um, absolutely. And I think, I you know, this is there is there is a lot to do. And we talk about the fight and I think that's not uh, over over overplaying it. And, you know, and the LGBT plus community can't do it by itself. It does need allies. And I think that's in this sense why, you know, the, the concepts of authenticity is about everything. You know, it's about it's about not just about feeling comfortable about your sexuality or your your gender identity, but ev everything, you know, that so. So, you know, an, an authentic leader in this area, particularly, you know, we're thinking about uh, our LGBT Plus colleagues, but an authentic leader is anyone, you know, they're not just from the community. Uh, you know, you, being honest and open and authentic about yourselves and your culture or your background or your experiences or your flaws or your weaknesses, you know, are, are, are an important part of the picture for everyone. Yes. And then it makes it psychologically safe for others to be themselves. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So I've got one more question that I'm just dying to ask you just really quickly. What would you say, what advice would you give to a much younger person coming into, say, the NHS for the first time, trying to find their career and what was kind of, you know, kind of finding it difficult to know how authentic to be? What advice would you give them? I think... Uh, um... The first thing is that know that there are lots of here, lots of us here who have your back, lots of us here who are willing to help or support. And if it's not immediately obvious, find it, and and it won't be that far away. And I think that that flips back to the the responsibilities that those of us in senior leadership have in terms of being authentic. You know, I would really hope that anybody that was struggling who knew that I was an out gay man would feel comfortable to come and ask me you know whether they work with me or, or, or not so I think fi fi find the allies and look for the support because they are there we are there and um, we will respond um, in a positive and supportive way I think you know there, there's lots of other um, sources of, of support or, or, or things to to you know create safety as we, as we touched on or, or a sense of sort of community so most if not all certainly sort of hospital trusts or large organizations have lgbt plus networks and they've pretty much i guess for most of them and they they all have slightly different focuses and roles and responsibilities but core to all of them i would say is a supportive space for the lgbt plus community within that organization so i would say seek seek them out um, because that's a really good starting point. And they will also know, you know, who the supporters and the allies are, you know, that might be not known to you, but actually quite close to you within your team or within within your, your hierarchy. Um, I think, um, what else would I say? I think the other thing is, is that, and, I, and we've, we've, we've covered this, um, quite a bit in the discussion already but as you move through through your career and 
naturally you will become more confident just with if not just with age alone then I think it's also then think about your responsibility to give back that's kind of like where I'm at in my, in my career you know and actually uh, as you become more confident and you find your place uh, in in your work and in your world share that back by being open and honest and, and authentic for those that are coming coming behind you but mostly it's no you're not alone and there's plenty of us out here who will help if you're struggling Thank you. That's a, a really inspirational point to end on. Um, Michael, it's been a real pleasure. Thank you again for taking the time. Um, I've really enjoyed it. And I know the people listening will have got a lot out of it. So thank you very much. It's a real pleasure. Thanks a lot.